Hello everyone, this is Krista from Saltwater Studies and welcome to my podcast, Life Beneath the Waves. So for this series, what I am doing is I am just reading the lessons that I have prepared as a part of the um, Florida's Marine Life class series for elementary school students. So this is the second year workbook that I'm referencing and all I'm doing is just reading the lessons out of the workbook in order to provide a resource for my students who are auditory learners. And so with that being said, if you'd like to purchase your own copy of the workbooks that you can follow along with this lesson, you can do so at the Saltwater Studies e-store on the Saltwater Studies website. So let's go ahead and get started because today is one of my favorite topics. We are going to be reading a lesson on corals. And corals happen to be my field of study when I was studying to be a marine biologist. So this lesson in particular is near and dear to my heart. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. Corals. Did you know that approximately 25% of all known marine life lives in a coral reef environment? Coral reefs are possibly the most well-known marine ecosystem and are often compared to an underwater rainforest. The Coral Reef Alliance estimates that coral reefs are home to over 4,000 species of fishes, 700 species of coral, and thousands of other plants and animals. For communities located near a coral reef, they also represent an important economic benefit and food source. While it is easy to become distracted by the wide variety of marine life that frequent the coral reef ecosystem, the true building blocks of the coral reef ecosystem are the corals themselves. What are corals? Corals are invertebrate animals that are classified along with jellies and sea anemones in phylum Cnidaria. These spicy creatures are named for the nidae, or stinging cells that are housed in the animal's tentacles. The stinging cells are used to immobilize prey and defend the coral against predators. Corals may be either solitary or colonial in nature. Colonial species are joined by connective tissue through which they share nutrients. There are two general types of corals, reef-building corals and non-reef-building corals. Reef-building corals, also known as hermatypic corals or hard corals, create a hard limestone skeleton that is the foundation for the coral reef structure. Non-reef building corals, known as ahermatypic corals or soft corals, are also found in the coral reef environment. However, they have flexible skeletons and do not significantly contribute to the reef's structure. Your vocabulary words for this portion of the lesson are ahermatypic, non-reef building corals, colonial, animals that live in a group and interact closely with each other. Ecosystem, a community of organisms interacting with each other and their environment. Hermatypic, reef building corals. Invertebrate, an animal without a backbone or spinal column. Solitary, living alone. Fact, the largest coral colony in the world, nicknamed Big Mama, is 42 and a half feet across and 21 feet high. Classification of corals. Corals are classified in Kingdom Animalia, animals, Phylum Cnidaria, stinging nettles, and class Anthozoa, 
True Corals and Anemones. The Anatomy of a Coral Polyp. Coral animals are called polyps and are known for their simple body structure. Their bodies are sac-shaped with a single opening or mouth surrounded by a circle of tentacles. The mouth leads to a gastrovascular cavity where both digestion and reproduction occur. The polyp is attached to and sits inside its external skeleton, a cup-like structure called a calyx, which is secreted by the lower tissue layer of the polyp's body. Your vocabulary words for this portion of the lesson are calyx, the cup-like structure forming a hard coral polyp's skeleton, and polyp, a coral animal. Hard corals. Hard corals are responsible for forming the rock-like structure of the coral reef. Their skeletons are made of limestone and feel hard to the touch. Hard corals generally live in warm tropical regions of the world ocean in relatively clear, shallow waters. However, the same clear water that allows visitors to view the beauty of the coral reef environment offers some challenges to the coral polyps. Clear ocean water is also low in nutrients, making nutrition a real concern for the coral polyps. To overcome this food shortage, corals are designed to have a symbiotic relationship with a type of dinoflagellate algae called zooxanthellae. This unique symbiotic relationship is beneficial to both organisms. Zooxanthellae live in the coral's tissue and provide them with nutrition, while the corals provide the zooxanthellae with protection and a home. Some hard coral species receive up to 99% of their nutrition from zooxanthellae. Since zooxanthellae create energy via photosynthesis, a process that requires sunlight, hard corals that house zooxanthellae are limited to the sunlit regions of the world ocean. Fact. Coral polyps are translucent or clear in color. Their vibrant color patterns are due to the algae that live in their tissue. Hard corals are generally nocturnal. During the day, they turn their tentacles inward and appear to be nothing more than a bump of flesh on a rocky surface. Once the sun descends and the ocean darkens, the corals stretch their tentacles into the water seeking to grasp their planktonic prey that migrates from the ocean's depths. Your vocabulary words for this portion of the lesson are mutualism, a symbiotic relationship where both organisms benefit. Organism, a living thing. Plankton, animals, plants, or algae that float through the ocean, often drifting with currents. Symbiotic relationship, a long-term relationship between two organisms. Hard coral shapes. Corals grow in different shapes depending on the species. Here are a few examples of hard coral shapes. Table shape, branching shape, folios or flower shape, mound shape, pillar shape, and mushroom shape. Different shapes of corals have different growth rates. Massive or mound-shaped corals such as brain coral may only grow a quarter of an inch to an inch per year. Branching corals grow much more quickly and may add up to eight inches to their colony in a single year. Soft corals. 
Soft corals are different from hard corals in that they have flexible skeletons made of a protein called gorgonin. While soft corals are often found in the coral reef environment, they do not have a symbiotic relationship with algae and are not limited to shallow waters. Instead, these colonial creatures can be found at all the ocean's depths and may feed both day and night. Soft coral polyps have eight tentacles, a fact that causes scientists to call them octocorals. While hard corals have rock-like shapes, soft corals appear more like plants. Only a discerning observer will know that they are a colony of animals. Soft coral shapes. Here are a few examples of soft coral shapes. Fan shape, plant shape, and whip shape. Soft corals grow about one inch per year. The life cycle of a coral. Corals begin their life as a fertilized egg in the water column. After developing into a larval stage, they eventually settle into the seafloor where they will remain for the rest of their lives. Since corals are sessile or immobile, once they settle on the seafloor, choosing a good place for growth is key. Hard corals will often settle on the skeletal remains of other corals and form a new layer of skeleton and tissue on top of the skeleton of a former colony. Often a coral colony is just a thin layer of living tissue upon layers of limestone skeletons left behind by other corals. By building upon each other, coral colonies can grow. Your vocabulary word for this portion of the lesson is sessile. Immobile, unmoving. Fact. A mound or branch of hard coral represents layer upon layer of coral skeletons with just a thin layer of living tissue on the exterior. Sea cucumbers play important role in coral growth. In an odd bit of science, researchers have discovered an interesting link between sea cucumber waste and coral growth. Yes, you read that correctly. Sea cucumber poop helps corals to grow. Sea cucumbers are cylindrical animals that are basically one long digestive tract. They inch along the seafloor, scavenging for food, acting like a living vacuum, cleaning the environment as they go. As they search for edible bits, they also consume a large amount of sandy sediment. This sediment is processed by their digestive system and deposited as ropey lines of waste material on the ocean's floor. In processing the sand, called bioturbation, sea cucumbers release waste that is rich in calcium carbonate, one of the key components used by hard corals to build their skeletons. Your vocabulary word for this portion of the lesson is bioturbation the process of reworking or disturbing sediments by organisms. A delicate balance. As foundational animals and coral reefs, hard corals are of great importance for the survival of the entire environment. Without corals providing the necessary infrastructure to support other marine life, reef systems would collapse. More simply stated, healthy hard corals mean happy reefs. Hard corals have a narrow range of tolerance when it comes to their living conditions. They are extremely sensitive to stresses such as changes in water temperature, storms, disease, overexposure to sun, 
and water pollutants. To survive, hard corals must have sunlight and warm, clear water with a high salinity that is also free from pollutants. They must also remain within the top layers of the ocean where their zooxanthellae receive sufficient sunlight for photosynthesis and they are actively able to produce skeletons. If geological activity or environmental factors cause sea levels to rise, coral reefs can become a drowned reef. A drowned reef is one where corals are not able to grow fast enough to remain close enough to the ocean's surface to survive. Fact. Hard corals grow best in water that is between 73 degrees to 83 degrees Fahrenheit. Corals are sensitive animals and respond negatively to environmental stresses by bleaching. During a period of bleaching, hard corals will expel their zooxanthellae, effectively going on hunger strike. Because the colorful zooxanthellae provide corals with their vibrant colors, corals that have expelled their zooxanthellae appear white. This is why corals that have lost their zooxanthellae are said to have bleached, and the process is called coral bleaching. If the stress dissipates rather quickly, corals can regain their zooxanthellae and continue to live healthy lives. However, if the stress lasts longer than 30 days, the corals can die. Community dynamics also play an important role in coral reef survival. This means that organisms living in a coral reef must be maintained in balance. Scientists have determined that the structure for a successful community is demonstrated by a pyramid diagram where organisms at the base of the food pyramid are in the greatest abundance and organisms at the top of the food pyramid are the fewest. If any levels of the food pyramid are removed, the ecosystem can become out of balance and experience drastic consequences. Let's take a closer look at each of these levels. Primary producers. These organisms create their own energy, often using sunlight through a process called photosynthesis. They represent the base of the food chain and should be present in the greatest abundance. Herbivores. These are vegetarian animals, also known as first-level consumers. This means that they gain energy not by creating it themselves, but by consuming or eating plants and algae, the primary producers. Carnivores. These animals consume the herbivores. They are also called primary carnivores as they are the first level of the food pyramid that consumes animals instead of plants and algae. Secondary carnivores. These animals may consume both the herbivores and primary carnivores depending on the species. Apex predators. Also known as tertiary consumers, these animals represent the top of the food pyramid and do not have any predators. They may consume any other level of carnivore in the food pyramid. Loss of long-spined sea urchins has drastic consequences for Jamaican reefs. In 1983, tragedy struck Jamaican coral reefs as an unidentified disease destroyed local long-spined sea urchin populations. It was the largest mass mortality ever recorded in the marine environment. Long-spined sea urchins, right, are herbivorous grazers and critical for maintaining healthy algae populations in reef habitats. 
With the loss of the sea urchins, algae began to bloom and compete with corals for nutrition and survival. Many reefs in the area experienced a total shift in community dynamics with algae overgrowing and destroying corals, removing the infrastructure needed for a healthy reef community. This shift had a dramatic impact on the local economy, which relied heavily on fishing and tourism industries. After 26 years, scientists noted that the reefs still had not recovered from such a dramatic impact. Local Species There are many species of coral to be found in South Florida. Here are just a few that you may see. Brain Coral Hard Coral Elkhorn Coral Hard Coral Ivory Bush Coral Hard coral, lettuce coral, hard coral, purple sea fan, soft coral, rose coral, hard coral, sea plume, soft coral, staghorn coral, hard coral, starlet coral, hard coral. Test your knowledge. How much did you learn about corals from this lesson? Test your knowledge with these questions. 1. Are corals plants or animals? 2. What is a coral animal called? 3. What is a colony? 4. Which type of coral makes coral reefs? Five, what are some shapes seen in hard corals? Six, how many tentacles does a soft coral polyp have? Seven, what are some shapes seen in soft corals? Eight, how do sea cucumbers help hard corals? Nine, what do hard corals need to survive? 10, what happens if a coral reef ecosystem becomes out of balance? Devotional. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Romans 1.20 There are over 900 different names and titles of God in the Bible. Each one describes a different aspect of his character that he would like us to know about him. To help us better understand what he is like, God provided his creation to offer us physical examples of the spiritual lessons and concepts we read about in the Bible. The Bible tells us God's story, and creation offers us the pictures to accompany it. Every single name and title of God in the Bible is illustrated in the natural environment. The beauty of redemption is etched throughout the pages of Scripture. The gospel message is a story of restoration, abundance, and increase. 
This is why of all the scriptures that Jesus could have read at the start of his ministry, it is noteworthy that he turned to the words recorded by the prophet Isaiah. See Luke 4, 18 through 19. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Isaiah 61, 1-3 Restoration and redemption were the focus of Jesus Christ's ministry, and as such, we see these characteristics readily on display in creation. Consider the sea cucumber. The sea cucumber is a benthic scavenger, moving along the seafloor, consuming bits of discarded debris that litter the surface of the sand. This animal eats what others might consider waste or distasteful. But as the discarded material and sand consumed by the sea cucumber passes through its gut, something incredible happens. As the material is processed in the darkness of the sea cucumber's digestive system, it becomes something that is now useful to other marine life. What was once discarded debris and disgusting waste material can be used by coral polyps to create the astonishingly complex beauty of the coral reef. In this process, we can see God fulfilling his promise to turn something that was ash into something beautiful. It is important to notice the process God uses with the sea cucumber as it has deep spiritual significance. Something discarded, unwanted, even damaged, goes through a season of darkness or trial that ultimately leads it to becoming useful for a beautiful purpose. This process is significant because God often follows the same process with his children. By the power of the gospel message, God takes someone who has been marred and damaged by sin and uses seasons of difficulty to transform them into people who shine beautifully for his glory. What an amazing story. It is easy to become overwhelmed by the greatness of God's grace and mercy towards humans. How great is his love towards us? Apply it. Do you know the gospel message? The gospel message tells how someone who is sinful can become free to enjoy an abundant life through Jesus Christ and live eternally with him. The Bible says, we are all sinners, Romans 3.23. The Bible tells us that those who know what is right to do and do not do it, sin, James 4.17. So this means that a sinner is someone who does something wrong. We have earned death as a consequence of our sin, Romans 6.23. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was the only human being in history that lived a perfect, sinless life, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Because he lived a perfect life and never sinned, Jesus Christ was the only person who could offer himself as a sacrifice for us, Hebrews 10.12. Jesus Christ chose to take our place and die for our sins so that we can live. He took the consequences that we deserve and gave us the chance to enjoy his reward. 
Galatians 1.4. When we choose to believe in Jesus Christ, we will be saved from experiencing the consequences of our sin and be blessed to live eternally with God. John 3.16. It is important to note that salvation cannot be earned. Ephesians 2.8-9. It is a free gift from God and all we have to do is accept it. Romans 10, 9 through 11. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ's free gift of salvation? If not, pray these words either out loud or in your mind to God. While they might just be words on a page, they become powerful and life-giving when you mean them in your heart. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I deserve death because of my sin. Thank you so much for sending Jesus Christ to die for me so that I can be saved. I accept your free gift of salvation and want to live for you. Please help me to honor you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining me for this lesson on corals. I hope that you will join me again in the future as we continue to explore life beneath the waves. Until then... Have a great day.